Obviously, in the last few months, we have seen quite a shift in our world. Our day-to-day lives are vastly different, and the way many of us live and work has changed. Companies around the globe are adjusting to this new normal, and they're trying to navigate how to not only manage their workforces and provide the necessary technology and productivity tools, but more importantly, to ensure their employees' well-being. On this special episode of IT Visionaries, we brought in two tech leaders, Julie Cullivan, the Chief People and Technology Officer at Forescout Technologies, and Sarah Franklin, the Executive Vice President and GM of Platform Trailhead and Developers at Salesforce, who discussed how they are navigating through these unprecedented times. Things are hard, there's no doubt about it. But as both women say, when you put the human element first, have empathy for others, and keep a positive attitude, we can all make it through this together. Enjoy this conversation. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com platform. This podcast is created by the team at mission.org. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, host of IT Visionaries. And today we have a two-part special edition, or two-person, two I should say, uh, interview, our, a, a virtual roundtable, as it were. First off, Julie, how are you? I'm doing good. Multi-time guest coming back uh, for our, our uh, emergency pod here to talk about everything that is going on in the world uh, and how leaders and technology leaders can help deal with this. Um, Sarah, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Ian. And very excited to be here to talk about this very important topic right now. Indeed. It has been a whirlwind, uh, you know, past couple of weeks. Um, Obviously, you know, tragedies abound with uh, the coronavirus and everything being an extremely difficult time, people losing their jobs, obviously, you know, loss of life and sickness and all of that. And, you know, we've been talking to uh, our audience to to uh, to guests. And one of the things that is pretty clear right now is that we want to be able to learn from our peers and see what other people are doing, how people are dealing with this, how people are, you know, um, managing employee experience during a 100% uh, digital workforce now and all that. So we're going to get into a bunch of that into this episode. I want to start off, um, Sarah, with you. What are some of the things that uh, Salesforce is doing right now that you're doing right now as a leader um, to kind of deal with the crisis? Yeah, so Salesforce is doing a lot of things. Um, and first and foremost is, you know, making sure all of our employees are safe and uh, healthy and, you know, putting their safety um, above everything. You know, myself, I'm a mother of two daughters and and I know that, you know, I don't have kids at school any longer. So that's an adjustment that I've had to make as an employee. And Salesforce is doing everything they can to help support me as an employee. Um, next is our customers making sure we're connected to our customers, we're staying connected to them through constant communication and helping our communities, whether it's giving back uh, through philanthropic efforts with our service, with our technology, with our volunteering, uh, we're giving back. And it's a lot of just the basics that that 
are helping right now, you know, standing up a command center with daily communications um, and personalized communications, like a like recording a video and, uh, you know, just asking people how they're doing. They're doing a lot to help take care of our employees, our customers and our community. Julie, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I would say very similar. I mean, we certainly don't have the size and scale and reach that a Salesforce has. We're a much smaller organization, but I think we're we're prioritizing things in the exact same order. You know, we are, you know, first and foremost, super um, not concerned, but engage with our employees to make sure that they know that they have the support they need because this is way beyond just working remote. This is now working with, co- you know, coworkers that have four legs and two legs and, you know, are suddenly part of conversations and videos and meetings because they are part of the team now because everyone's working from home. Um, and then clearly we were in a good position to be able to very quickly pivot to be able to support our customers in the security space, right, our customers need to make sure that um, the technologies that are they are using to secure their employees and their infrastructure is, is up and running and working and that there are actually some services we can provide to them to help them as they transition to a more remote workforce because not every organization works that way today. Um, and then certainly making sure that we're doing right by the communities that we live in and taking care of the people that are close to us. When you have, you know, the increased responsibilities of of being the chief people officer, in addition to being CTO, uh, I'm curious. It, it almost feels like at this kind of moment in time that CIOs have such a ownership over, you know, the digital workforce that it seems it seems appropriate that you, uh, you know, being both of those roles, that it's like, you know, the uh, Technologists and the and the people officer, you know, together in 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 one person seems like it might make sense. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's certainly got some um, advantages, right? Because I'm able to to look and take action across a broader set of perspectives. I mean, I will say that I feel like this transition to a remote workforce is something that most CIOs. Um, have been planning for without knowing it for a long time, right? Because of all the new technologies that are available and the fact that having some sort of business continuity strategy in place and all those kind of things are, are, are things that CIOs are always talking about. I think where, you know, I'm having to put a lot of energy right now is making sure that we're looking at the people side of, you know, suddenly working remote and being isolated in some cases. Um, and, you know, thinking about the mental health of employees as they go through this transition. And admittedly, it hasn't been a long period of time, but none of us are exactly sure how long this is going to go on and how do we make sure that we're taking care of our employees beyond just providing them the productivity tools that they need in order to be able to do their work. Yeah, Sarah, when you look at your employees and kind of that internal employee experience, what have been some of the things that you've tried to do, you know, from the moment that we all, you know, I, I mean, in California specifically, we got it w- way earlier than than other folks in terms of like, you know, shelter in place and everybody kind of working from home. But um, as soon as that kind of came down, what were some of the things that you were thinking about? What were you working on to try to make sure that people could continue to, you know, be safe first and foremost, but also, you know, be productive and and do the things that, you know, they work at companies to do? It's a great question because it it is a very like human reaction, you know, yeah, that, that happened like what, you know, just a few weeks ago or a week ago, I can't remember now, it seems so long. (laughs) Um, And, 
the first thing you ask is like, oh my gosh, like how is everybody? You know, you, you go to the human side first and you want to think like, how can I help everybody? How can I make sure everyone's safe? And then you do go into some solutioning. Well, you know, what can our technology do to, to help people? You know, what, what can we do? And um, what's interesting to me is that it's some very like very basic things that have been the most helpful right now. Um, because it's interesting when you listen to everybody, there's two words that a lot of people use, which is right now. People are living in the now more than ever. And we've gone from planning the future to planning really the right now for everyone. And so from an employee experience perspective, you make sure that you have those communication channels up. You make sure that you have a community you set up the tasks for so that people know how to communicate with each other in an orderly way. As I mentioned earlier, just doing something like recording a video and sharing it, or um, we've seen people use um, you know technologies like Zoom and Hangouts to have virtual coffees and uh, do. They've done jam sessions where they play tunes for each other, and it, it, there is very much like a need to to be there for each other and to have a very human reaction. Um, so I say the human reaction was first, and you mentioned also, you know, people's mental health. You know, I th I think that it's very important that we we stay in tune uh, with how people are feeling. You know, whether people are getting depressed, whether they're dealing with anxiety, whether they're dealing with, um, you know, uh, stress from their families, whether they have um, parents that they're worried about getting sick. You know, and and my heart goes out to people around the world because uh, this is this is a global pandemic and. Um, I look at New York right now. I'm super guilty of having a, a California mindset often. And so I think that this has been also helpful in us to have that empathy for people around the world and the different situations. Um, I've never seen anything like this. So um, it's it's really from the employee experience. I think that you go from the human side first and then you go into the solutioning with technology, which is incredible that we do have the technology today because I don't know what I would do if I didn't have this connection to people and being locked inside a house. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I could, I really couldn't imagine it. And that's what's so, you know, you talk about the technologies that you take at your disposal now. It's really remarkable. I mean, I, so this weekend for the first time I did a, uh, we did a, a Google hangout with, um, with like, you know, eight of my really good buddies who kind of half of them live in the Bay area, half live like kind of all over the country. And, uh, you know, Saturday night, all hanging out on a, on a Google hangout. It was like one of those, I, I never in a million years. I bet you I never have, thought you were going to do that before. Never, ever. never, <laughs> ever. And it was hilarious. And my, and my, um, my girlfriend kept, kept taking photos of like, you know, you guys are just a bunch of like giggly guys sitting here on this Google hangout, like laughing at each other. But it's one of those things like, man, how lucky do do we feel that we can do that stuff? Like I normally go visit my parents at least once a week, usually once or twice or three times a week. They live in Oakland, kind of down the street from me. Like I haven't seen them in, you know, two weeks, like stuff like that. It's, you know, all of those little things. And it really does affect your status quo. And normally people who are working in technology are kind of used to their routine. They're used to dealing with things in a certain way. And when you kind of remove that, the employees don't have the safety net of doing what they would normally do. They don't have a routine. They don't have these sort of things. And it's tough to work. Like it's tough to, to be productive, to do those sort of things. Julie, are, are you seeing that from, from your end? Yeah. 
You know, I think I'm seeing a little bit of both, right? So um, I'm seeing where people are having a super hard time disconnecting now because they're at home and their work, you know, is at home as well. And so I think in real life, we all have these natural transitions when we're in an office all the time or not, right? If it's from, you know, it's a commute where you might pick up the phone and talk to a friend or there's something in your day, you know, maybe it's midday when you grab a half hour and go to the cafeteria and grab lunch with folks or whatever. But there's these things that I'm actually worried about people not ever turning it off and thinking that because they're at home, there is some expectation that they're always on. So a lot of the things we're trying to do with employees is not just, how do we get them to engage, uh, you know, virtually, you know, um, in a more human way, whether that involves cats and dogs and other, you know, parts of their family, um, but also that they're really thinking about how do they come up with a plan for their at-home work, right, such they are really planful about disconnecting um, and being able to turn off work for a little while. Um, I know with my IT team in particular, um, you know, their comment back is, oh, we're 24 by seven all the time. This is, this is how we live. This is what we're used to. And I'm like, I think there's a difference, right? Because when you have your normal routine, you've got these, these times where you are disconnecting, whereas right now it's very difficult to, to, to figure out when those times should be. Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting and I will tell you a couple things. One is I've been fascinated because I've always been a zoom with video person, um, since the minute I've been using it and I, I have had to pull teeth over the years, right. To get my, you know, employees, like when we're doing a one-on-one -on -one or whatever the situation might be to get them to turn on video and you get a whole lot of, Oh, I didn't do my hair today or those types of things. And now it's kind of like, look, we're, we're not forcing it, but we're really strongly encouraging people, not just with internal meetings, but with external meetings where you used to do audio only do it with a video because it changes the engagement in the conversation. It really does. Sarah, have you found the, you know, video meetings, change in meetings, meeting schedule, you know, what are, what are you doing to kind of deconstruct how your team is, is kind of working? What's interesting is actually um, have a fair amount of the team that was purely remote before all of this. So it was interesting because there is, there used to be a tension of people um, that were remote, that felt like people who were in the office didn't understand. And now it's very interesting to see the people that have been, you know, working from home. They feel very like helpful to give a lot of tips to people that are, are adjusting. I didn't realize how much I actually liked going on a BART train every day, which I never thought I would ever say <laughs> yeah. in my life. Um, but I, I really like miss that sense of routine. And you find yourself just sedentary in front of a computer screen which is um, why it's important to you know, remind yourselves that you need to stand up, walk around, schedule time to go to the bathroom, schedule time to eat lunch. Uh, these are things that, that you don't schedule when you're like going to the office maybe, but um, when you're at home. And I feel like people are scheduling more meetings right now. Um, and so <laughs> like, it's like, wow, there's a lot of meetings going on. And um, I'll share with the schedule. I think that you have to also, you have to make a plan um, and you have to make a plan with your family right now. Uh, for example, for me, um, I have made a plan and I appreciate that Salesforce is supportive of putting my family first where I'm going to be working basically half hours during the week because I have to split um, the distance learning time that's for my children with, with, my, um, with my partner. 
And so that's a very real thing that, that people that are dual income families with children um, and you can't have childcare in and out of your home. So yes, there's a lot of disruption, but we have to be empathetic towards each other and um, change our schedules and make a plan. I think the most important thing is, is to make a plan and put yourself you know, on that plan because you have to take care of, of yourself because this is hard. I mean, Julie, as a, you know, you have a very hard job right now, you know, having, being your CIO and the chief people officer, and you must see this a lot uh, with your people. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's, it's, to your point, just even getting people to open up and kind of think about, hey, what strategy would work for you? Um, Because I had a similar conversation with uh, somebody that, you know, really their daycare, you know, officially Friday was the last day or whatever. And and so this week, um, you know, has a, a two-year-old at home and, you know, trying to, you know, sort of troubleshoot this whole thing. And I'm, I'm just like, you put that first over anything else and we'll figure out the rest because we're all here to help you fill in those gaps. Right. So work with your partner, figure out what's going to work for you guys. And I mean, that's different than trying to do online teaching and homeschooling, which takes on a whole new element. And for which I personally am grateful right now, I have a 22 year old and a 24 year old. Um, But, you know, I mean, it's just getting people to open up about what their concerns are and just giving them a chance to breathe and helping them realize that, you know, whatever you need to do, come up with a plan and then we'll work together on making that plan work as opposed to assuming that you don't have that support or that you don't feel like you can ask for that kind of help. And I, I would add also um, creativity. This week, my team, I we haven't done it yet, so we'll see how it goes. But on Thursday, um, we're doing a different kind of all hands uh, where we're going to the movies together. Um, where we've and this is where that that mix of you know the technology, our our IT team um, is doing this incredible thing with streaming to help us have this you know work for a very large team globally around the world. And then we're going to have a, a live Q&A with one of the directors of, of the film. And so it's like, people are like, oh, wow, that's something that everybody can participate in. And it's a little bit of a um, distraction from you know, the news, which a lot of people find that just the uncertainty and all of the inundation of, of media is, is stressful. And so I think being creative right now is also very important. Right. That's a great idea. I So I had decided to do this. Um, so we had a little bit of time to plan, but um, it's general magic. And I'm very excited because uh, I was inspired by that film from a product um, creation and an innovation mindset. And um, also uh, that movie very much inspired me to how powerful a team can be when they're unified behind a vision. And also that um, perfect can be the enemy of good. And I think that that's, you know, in this time, it's, you know, bias for action. We all have to act and and just try and be unified as a team. And so I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. I don't know if you've seen the film. Cool. I love it. No. You should see it. Check it out. No, yeah, right? I haven't either. I, I mean, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll follow along. I'll, I'll, you really, uh, yeah, you should, you really should. It's, it's a great film. Well, you know, obviously, you know, we, we love platform and they're the amazing sponsor of the show. So I feel like half of, uh, half of the people that I know, I have, well, I'll have someone to talk to about it with. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, you will after Thursday. So, well, and, and I want to, you know, get back to something, Julie, that you said, um, you mentioned about the, uh, the homeschooling piece where you don't have to homeschool your, your 22 and 24 year old. I beg to differ. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> um, we're, I was talking to, 
um, my girlfriend and she's been, her family's been, you know, chatting a lot with their grandma who's in her nineties and was, you know, around during the great depression and stuff like that, you know? Um, but it is interesting. Like one of the things that I've really, you know, and you see stuff flying all around the media all the time about, you know, you know, millennials, this baby boomers, yes. that, this, that, and whatever. And, and I think generally speaking, most of all, it's, um, anyone who is younger has really never dealt with something that was like at a global scale before. Like this is the first time ever. I mean, I, you know, I think nine 11 would probably be the one thing that, you know, yeah. people a little bit older than that have, have been through that was, you know, a global catastrophe that, you know, impacted, you know, the future, but, and obviously, you know, the stock market in 2008, but, uh, and the housing crisis, but like, this is navigating in uncertainty is really, really, really hard. And it's something that as a leader, um, you know, like when, when I was at West Point and in my time in the military, we spent a lot of, a lot of effort on is like, how do you lead in a time when you don't know what is going to happen? Um, I'm curious, like what have been some of the things that you've been doing, uh, to try to navigate during times that are so uncertain? Well, I mean, I guess there's a, there's a few layers there. I mean, I, so I will say that, um, you know, I'm probably the oldest person on this, this session by far. And, um, truly none of the things that you talk about come close to this. Right. I I mean, never has a, like a, a global, you know, crisis kind of kicked in where everybody was sort of very much impacted in the same way. So, I mean, I think this is unique in many ways, but some of the things that we learned during those other scenarios certainly help. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, it's about being as transparent as you can with everybody about the fact that none of us really know, for example, how long this is going to last. And so there has to be a willingness to, you know, keep looking at as this extends or takes more time is really thinking about what are the next set of challenges that we're going to need to, to be in front of, right. As, as employees, um, you know, I mean, when you think about people having their kids home from school through the remainder of the school year, okay, we're talking about an extended scenario that goes into, you know, the June timeframe. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's recognizing how far we can see and trying to be in front of as much as we can, but kind of recognizing that this thing is going to take on, you know, there's going to be new things that we need to lead through as this goes on. And, and depending on how long, um, you know, folks end up being in this, you know, sort of remote situation and, or maybe they're not remote, maybe you can go back into the office, but you still have children at home that need to be taught and that you need to be taken care of and need to be safe. So I think, I think it's, you know, seeing as far ahead as you can, uh, but recognizing we can't see all the way to the end and that we'll adjust and flex as necessary. Because I would even argue two weeks ago, what our thoughts were about folks working remote versus what they are today are two different things. Um, as things escalated and certain government mandates were put in place, right, we had to accelerate a lot of things that we were working on, but that we weren't really, hadn't really officially said, look, everybody go home. Um, so I think it's, it's, you know, seeing as far ahead as you can, um, but it's also being vulnerable with your teams, right? And, and recognizing I too am worried about my 82 year old parents in San Carlos that, you know, right now my son is still in the Bay Area. And so he's keeping an eye on them, but keeping an eye on him doesn't mean he gets to see them. It means he just needs to be checking in with them and he needs to be dropping things off for them as necessary. Um, 
So I, I think we're all learning a few new, you know, leadership skills during this process, but some of it you can rely on, you know, based on, you know, what they say about great leaders, right? It's not when things are going well, <laughs> it's when things aren't going as well and there is uncertainty or there is some sort of challenge and, and helping people through those. I couldn't agree more, Julie, with everything you said and how, you know, in these times, leadership has never been more important. And people just want, you know, your leadership, they, they want you to be authentic and, you know, vulnerable and real. And, and when you have uncertain information, it's important that you, you know, are transparent about that because, you know, um, transparency breeds trust. And that's what people need right now. They need to know that they can trust you that they can trust that you will tell them the truth, that they can they can trust you to keep them safe, that they, you can trust them to, once this is done, that you will get back to business and that you will make the, the decisions of, you know, if uh, things need to change or not. Um, and you establish that trust just by transparently and openly and regularly communicating and um, being truthful. And it's it's that simple. And, and by that people, they, Julie, what you said is so true that you know, we have never had something like this, Right. that it, it just globally, everybody is going through the same thing. It doesn't matter if you speak Italian, if you speak French, if you speak Portuguese, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Everybody's going through this. And, and my heart's go out to all the people um, in some of the most affected areas. And you know, here in the United States and New York, it's, it's trending in a not great way. Um, and my heart goes out to, to everyone and we just have to be kind and empathetic to each other right now. Yeah. One of the things we we're just recently talking with Mark Settle, who's, you know, been a CIO a bunch of times. And, uh, one of the things that we had started talking about was this idea that like the vendors that you work with might not be able to make payroll. Like the customers that you count on are, might have to do layoffs. Like all the different parts of the ecosystem that you work and live in are affected by this thing. And it's a really challenging time when you have to kind of deal with those sort of things. I'm, I'm curious, like how are you know both of you looking at your relationships with customers, your relationships with um, you know with your vendors, and and obviously the the prospects that you're working with as well of people who still need to have you know a technology stack that is working for their employees that is still you know it innovation is not going to stop just because you know these things are happening people are still working hard on trying to figure out um how to do complex things so I, i'm curious like how are you both looking at the relationships in and around you know your business relationships with your companies vendors customers and prospects so um, I'll jump in and Sarah, certainly. Um, so I guess I, I have a, a lot of thoughts on this. My first thought is that um, I believe our relationships and, and our engagement with our, you know, customers or, or partners and or, you know, vendors or suppliers really shouldn't change if we have the right relationships. And what I mean by that is um, I have always been a proponent because I've been in the security space for a long time that, you know, the worst time to be reaching out to somebody is when they're in a crisis, right? That you want to build the engagement and the relationship and the trust way before that. Um, and so I think what we're trying to do is make sure that we are absolutely there to support our customers. Because as I said, there are some things that we offer in terms of in additional VPN security and things like that, that can become really important to a company that has really never had 
a large part of their population work remote. And I know for us in the Silicon Valley, we're not used to that. But if you look at large industrial companies, they have an in-office, you know, sort of model in most cases. And to suddenly take a large financial services or a large industrial and say, hey, now everybody needs to work from home, they not only have to figure out how technically they make that happen, but then also make sure that it happens in a secure way. So I think we're just trying to be really sure that our customers know that we're there to support them and that if they need our help above and beyond support because they have to look at new ways of you know, solving a problem, we want to be there to help them. But this is not an opportunity to be to be trying to engage and say, hey, have you ever thought of buying this, that, or the other thing? Um, So I do, you know, I always um, have a real aversion to, you know, sort of the ambulance chasing sort of mindset. On the flip side, I'm an optimist, and I know that we're going to come through this thing. And so it's really important that we're thinking about, hey, you know, we've got to keep pace on the projects and the initiatives and the work that we're trying to get done. So as we're engaged with our suppliers and partners, right, we're, you know, we're making sure that we're saying, hey, look, these are the commitments that we've made and and the, the project and the timeline that we're on. Or if for some reason we feel like that timeline needs to adjust based on the fact that, you know, IT just needed to regroup for the last couple of weeks and make sure everybody could do their job from home. Um, you know, we're working with them to be very clear with them about, hey, look, this is what we're seeing in terms of potential, you know, delays or whatever, so that we're as upfront with them as possible. Because um, as you said, everyone's kind of dealing with the same scenario, right? Um, we all have our different parts of the supply chain or customer chain that, you know, we all have to flex a bit on right now because there's a few unknowns. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I would say too that, you know, part of the amb- ambulance chasing kind of like, you know, idea or mentality is like, there's just more of a right way and a wrong way to do it. Like I spent, I spent a a portion of my weekend this weekend because I had some extra time, like looking at a bunch of different technology vendors for something that I needed done because like I had some extra time and I'm going to make a purchasing decision on those things in the very near future. You know, like there's still because of the situation, like there's still going to be people that are looking for technology to solve their problems. And yep. you can't kind of ignore those people either. You know what I mean? No, I, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's a balance. I was just going to completely agree and, um, and say that, you know, people are looking more than ever right now, how to go digital. And so the, if there's ways that technology can help them do that and the ways that they can innovate, like, it's it's a must right now and you know a very human thing is that necessity is the mother of invention and so we're all trying to innovate right now one of the things a little bit different from a technology side uh that salesforce is doing and and many companies um and 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 people across many industries and even as consumers are doing are continuing to pay hourly workers right now during this time of disruption. And uh, I think that's something which is um, very important as well to, to try to keep people on some form of regularity if you can, because this will end, you know, we don't know when, but it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and trying to help people so they can still, you know, buy their own groceries and have some normalcy in their financial uh, status, especially for hourly workers. Uh, we feel that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And to keep them right, wanting to come back, right, so that they don't feel like they have to go find something else, right? I, I think it can really help from a continuity perspective. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, because we're going to have, we, we are going to be starting back up. 
and you know we need to be ready to go yep. and if there's a way that technology and if if there's a way that right now can be a time to invest in in your infrastructure um you know for cios i think it's it's a great time to um i mean julie i don't know if you if you ever experienced this but you know investing in a company's infrastructure you know often takes um second seat to investing in like your outbound infrastructure and this is a great time to take things that are on the backlog and say, oh, no, this actually is a priority right now. Yeah. So investing in that employee experience and what it can mean. And, and um, I think there is opportunity to do things. And it's it's not about ambulance chasing. It's about kind of keeping us all sane right now, too, because we're human and we like to solve problems and we like to make things better and we like to innovate and we like to, you know, collaborate. And so I think that... Um, trying to find, there's no silver lining to this, but uh, there's a, there's a positive attitude that we can have. I love that. And I think that it's funny. We, we talked about this um, on, on a different podcast on, on our marketing podcast, we were talking about, this is a great opportunity to bring your whole team together and start from scratch on like your customer experience of like, let's just like do the entire, let's, let's get everything down onto paper again from scratch and say like, what what is happening versus what we want. I think it's the same thing for employee experience. Like what, if we were to go back from scratch and say, we have a 100% digital employee experience as of right now, what would that look like? And go through the planning process of that. And instead of saying like, hey, we're going to spend an hour on this, it's like, hey, let's have a meeting that lasts, you know, eight hours, bear with me here, but like an eight hour meeting where we just all hang out for, you know, on a call with our team for the whole day and not have it be unstructured and to kind of work through some of these problems that we've kind of been having for a long time. And yet we just didn't really have the time to go back to the basics and kind of work through that, that thought process. I mean, maybe this is the new normal, who knows, like there are companies um, that like, you know, Envision and I think, you know, GitLabs and a few others that um, are, you know, they've started and always been all remote. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to, you know, rethink our workforces and rethink our hiring strategies and rethink the employee experience. I mean, maybe it's an opportunity for us to be more global in our thinking, more inclusive in our hiring processes. You know, maybe there's a lot of opportunity here that we can, it's just now we have no choice and maybe there's things that can change. Um, you know, it's a matter of time to see, but there are things that we can do right now. Julie, I think you were going to say something. I think I stepped in front of you. I apologize. No, no, you did not step in front of me at all. And frankly, <laughs> you brought up what I was just going to say that um, I, I guess there's two elements to it. The first is I'm with you that there's a big difference between being able to sort of digitally enable your workforce to work remote versus truly consciously looking at a distributed company and that by its core and kind of one of its guiding principles is there is no hub, right? That it is by nature, everyone is a remote worker. It's very conscious. The programs and policies are all built around that concept. So I think it does open our minds up considerably to, hey, how do we really just focus on finding the best talent no matter where they are and making sure that, that our, our you know, teams are able to engage virtually in a way that's very effective? Um, but I do think there is this very different mindset to go to, hey, we really want to be 
fully a distributed organization. And I think that there's, there's sort of spectrums along that line. I think what I'm more interested in um, and been a little bit more fascinated by is what kind of change could this have in terms of how much people fly around and travel and this, this concept of things have to happen face-to-face as we engage with our customers and, and our partners. And I think that's going to be very interesting to see is as this thing unwinds and, and we go back to whatever the new normal is, has it changed our approach in terms of some of what I would call the kind of old school, you know, sort of methods and mentality around how you engage and sell and go to market? Because it's been fascinating watching just what it meant to suddenly say to people, look, you're not traveling um, and leverage tools like Zoom and virtual and um, figure out new ways to engage with with um your customers without it meaning that you have to physically fly around, right? Um, so I'm, I'm kind of just curious to see how many of these things stick. Um, and I hope a lot of them do. Yeah, every, there is a tweet, like every CFO right now that questioned the value of travel, you know, um, is getting the best A-B <laughs> test ever because yeah. you can see like what were, what, you know, what, what are the results? Um, I, I think that travel is, um, it will be very interesting to see and I can speak for myself that I did not realize how much, you know, I enjoyed that part of my job. I don't know if it was just like local routine of going to an office or being able to travel and go to different places. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see um, yeah. what that new normal is. So I had a situation where, um, so and I think, you know, similar to other companies when, you know, we're sort of very quickly you know, this is going back into February, like what decisions do we need to make about travel and, and protecting our employees and, and our customers? And, um, you know, initially it was, you know, that, you know, sort of typical communication around, hey, you know, we, we're restricting any non-essential travel and what what's the next question? Well, what is essential travel? Yeah, that's and the next I had a Yeah, I had a lot of conversations with people where they would say, I believe this is, essential because it's customer facing. I'm like, well, it may very well be. And I'm not necessarily the one to ask the question, but I would ask, is it something that could be done in a virtual way? Um, like, is there some activity that's taking place? Is there some sort of, you know, whatever it might be, installation or whatever it is, like, what is it that actually requires being on site face to face? And it was just interesting as people would start to kind of unravel that. And it's like, well, because I always go, you know, and have these in-person meetings. And it's like, I think you should just think about what really is essential. And is there a way to do those same things virtually um, and have them be as, as compelling? And I, I love how you think about that because um, I think about what you said earlier in the show around uh, you having to twist people's arms to get them to turn on webcams. So mm-hmm. it was like, they might've been able to do it, but they didn't want to do it that way. And that, you know, didn't feel you know, like that was comfortable. And now everybody's been in that medium of being on the webcam. And now you see more authentic interactions. Like there was a, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger did a tweet with like, he was in his kitchen with like a donkey or something. So I don't, funny. did you see that one? <laughs> yeah. And, donkeys, and like, yeah. um, now you have celebrities doing these, you know, on Instagram live, they're doing these like concerts and, and you get this very raw and real access to people that like, it's so 
interesting now and people feel more comfortable. They're like, oh, that's like a beautiful celebrity that's like showing up on Instagram live with, you know, out any makeup. Wow. Maybe I can do that too. And so I think it'll be very interesting from a human perspective to see where we end up, which is very authentic and people, I'm very fascinated by this and maybe there's good that can come out of that. Yep. I, I would be disappointed if at the end of this, everything just goes back to what the old normal was. Yeah. I do still want to go on BART. Is that super weird? Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean that. But I mean, like, if, if out of all this, then everybody turns their video off. No, on I know. Again. I'm joking because BART is BART. Yeah. No, I, yeah, BART's, I'm not. <laughs> I um, uh, yeah. But again, see, I'm old and I used to ride BART when it was brand new. So that just goes to show. Well, I think, I think that this is the ultimate like time where you will see companies position themselves around certain things. And like, that will be like, you know, like Basecamp's been doing this for years about, you know, how they have this remote culture, but like other companies will, will go totally the opposite direction and say, Hey, we're what we're a 100% come into the office every day, company zero remote. And that's fine too. Like it's excite. Like people will be able to gravitate towards certain things that they like to do. And I think that's exciting. And I think, you know, one of the things that's so exciting about this is the idea that you can run experiments. Like this weekend I spent four hours and I was just doing, you know, one of my friends is, is a CFO of a company, a big retail company. And they are very slow to innovate. And so I was working on a bunch of wireframes for him on like a new product, like 100% digital offering that I think is super interesting that that they should pursue. And I sent them all over these wireframes and everything. And we're going to talk about it like next week. I just think like this is such, you know, a, a time and not to make light of all of the terrible things that are happening, but there is opportunities to run experiments for the first time in that kind of digital transformation lens to say, hey, let's let's do some things that are a digital only experiment for whether it's your product or employees or whatever. What are some of those experiments that you that you all are excited about seeing? What are some things that you know either you're doing now? Like I, I love the the digital movie. Uh, that's great. The digital screener um, there, but like, what are some other experiments that you're seeing people do or that you're excited about? I wouldn't necessarily call them experiments, but I will say that we are finding this unique situation and opportunity to drive adoption and engagement in an accelerated way. Um, because people don't have as much choice in front of them, right? So, you know, I will tell you that we're a Microsoft shop, you know, uh, 365, but, you know, we are a team shop as opposed to um, Slack or some of the other collaboration tools that are out there. And I will say that we have half the organization that has, has, you know, sort of adopted it, embraced it, and has taken advantage of that type of collaboration tool very effectively. But we had a part of the organization that we just didn't really see engage at the same level. And, you know, over the last, you know, nine months, you know, we've been really trying to say, hey, how do we, how do we pull folks in, right? Because we really want to see more and more that this is the communication hub for the company as opposed to email and other things. And it's been fascinating to just see over the last couple of weeks, right? The engagement level has just skyrocketed. So I don't know if any of these are new or creative ways, but I will see that it's accelerating people's, you know, adoption and engagement of things like, you know, we have this AI tool for getting help from IT. And there's a variety of things where we've had, you know, some early adopters always gravitate towards this stuff and make it happen right away. And that the other folks, we sometimes feel like we're kind of having to pull their teeth. 
And um, this has really sort of very quickly gotten people to realize, hey, I don't have a choice anymore. I can't just walk down to the service desk and get help. So, you know, here's how I can engage and either help myself or um, be able to do it in a more automated way. So we're just, we're seeing some of those benefits um, that may have been by accident, but we'll take it. Yeah, we, we've stood up a policy very quickly that allowed everybody to expense um, up to $250, you know, work at home equipment and setups. And um, I, I think that was, you know, that was a first time of just saying like, we don't have a package set. So here's a policy to go. I think there's a lot of learnings there. And um, it's interesting, like you look at what's sold out on on Amazon and the stores, you know, webcams <laughs> is one of them, right? Who would have known that there would be a run for webcams? And so I, I think that, um, understanding how to have, and this sounds really basic, but like what should an at-home setup be, right? How do we make that easy? Uh, like you're just saying, Julie, how do you provide support for that? Um, how do you have enough VPN capacity set up? How do you look at uh, different geographies like in India where um, internet, a lot of people go to the yeah. office because the internet is so good in the office and at home, they're often getting internet off their phones and th they could be with a roommate. There's there's different things that that you're looking at. So we have so we've we've also set up you new know, phone tethering and that that was something that okay we didn't allow that now we do. There was a lot of being very agile and setting up new processes that we're learning. I agree. Like I wouldn't call them experiments, um, but I would just say like we just had to take action and learn along the way, and we're still learning. And I think that's something that we can all do, especially in this community. An incredible um, visionaries um, in IT can share with each other what you're learning because it's very helpful. And I'm glad you say community as well. And I wanted to, to touch on that before we get out of here. One of the things that, and obviously Salesforce spearheads a lot of this in local community engagement. And one of the things that is so crazy about these times is a lot of that is just in-person work, right? Like a lot of that, those volunteer hours and the 111 program and all those things are dedicated to in-person and supporting communities locally. And now when you can't go outside and do those sort of things, it's it's tougher. But what a lot of those organizations lack is good digital infrastructure. And it was just something that's been kind of rattling around in my mind just about how many organizations like local nonprofits or things like that could really use some help on their digital infrastructure. And like, I feel like this is the perfect time to be able to support organizations um, in, in a place where they probably really need the help. I agree. And I think that it's something that, that this community we're so used to doing things in person, like you said, and helping each other is is just so important, especially right now. Yeah, and I, I we've been talking, and as I said, we don't have the same sort of platform, no pun intended, that Salesforce mm -hmm. has, right, in terms of rallying resources and that kind of stuff. But, you know, again, trying to figure out how do we replace some of that face-to-face -face activity that we used to do, right? We're just down the street from Second Harvest, um, you know, in, in San Jose, right? We can just walk over there, right? And we constantly have a stream of people that are there, but now they're like, please stay away, right? So it's getting creative on other ways that we can help those, you know, important um, community service um, things, you know, and it's, it's just, that's where we do need to probably get more creative on our side, but um, we are definitely committed to doing whatever we can to help. 
Okay, before we get out of here, uh, just any final thoughts? Um, thank you both for your time. This has been, um, you know, and it's going to be an ongoing conversation and we'll definitely share, you know, best practices with the IT Visionaries community. If you, if anyone ever has anything, just, you know, feel free to, uh, to email us uh, anytime or, or shoot us a note. Um, but any, any final thoughts? You know, the only thing I would have added, which I'm thrilled that we already touched on, is what is the lasting change out of this? What are the positive things that we take out of this and we, we you know, um, learn from and we don't forget and, and we make change, right? And I would just say that I want this to be over sooner than later. So I ask everybody to practice the social distancing and the sheltering in place and all of that because I want to get through this sooner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. I flatten that the is, curve. Let's yeah, do this. Flatten, flatten the curve. Um, well, thank you both for coming on. Uh, we will have to, maybe we'll do a check-in again here uh, in a month and see how, you know, well, first of all, we need to know what happens for Thursday movie day. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah we got to <laughs> share that. And I mean, I, yeah. I'm just impressed myself right now. I have a microphone, a webcam. I feel like very professional right now. So I want to use this equipment more. <laughs> this is very fun. Get to play with more toys. Well, you know, the invitation is always open uh, to to come and hang on on IT Visionaries. That's for sure. Well, thank you both. I appreciate it. this was this was great, and uh, we'll we'll chat soon. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Julie. Bye. Bye, everybody. IT Visionaries is created by the team at Mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com slash platform.